Auburn stays undefeated in the SEC. They take down LSU 93-78. to Welcome on into this special live reaction of Locked on Auburn. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Daryl Daprich, Montgomery radio legend. And Daryl, it got a little hairy there for a second. Auburn was up as much as 28. They kind of took their uh, their their the pedal off the gas for a second. Maybe a little bit of a lesson learned here for this Auburn team. I think so. I think it's a takeaway. It's an incredible coaching and teaching moment for Bruce Pearl when you end up winning a basketball game by 15 and you say, okay, there's a stretch there that really can't happen. If we want to achieve what we want to achieve, this is Bruce Pearl talking to his team, you cannot be up 28 with 11 minutes to go and let LSU get within nine with about three minutes to go. That cannot happen. And right. it happened because I think Auburn got a little relaxed, a little complacent. Uh, some of the lineup changes, I get it. You know, you're up 28. I think the only question at that point was going to be, was Auburn going to win by 40? I mean, it looked that way. And it, credit LSU. Now, part of this, you got to give LSU credit because that kid that hit four straight threes, they weren't easy shots. They had people, right. he had people in his face. And, you know, you hit 12, you go on a 12 0 run like that and you're down 16 that quick. So give LSU credit. They didn't quit. They started hitting threes, insane threes. But to Auburn's credit, they stemmed that tide and got it back up to like 16 or 17 and then closed out winning by 15, which looks, which, you know, looks a lot better. They cover. You know, they, there's a lesson to be learned there that Bruce Pearl, it's a teachable moment, and you get to learn that lesson by winning 15. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a situation where it could have been a lot worse, but the fact that Auburn was so much better than LSU – prior to, to the final 10 minutes or so, I think it's a blessing for this team because Auburn is significantly better than LSU. And I think this is a, a great situation. You, you get the win, you cover. It still looks good. 93 to 78 looks good for the poll voters that don't watch college basketball games. And I think just the general aspect of, okay, you can now, if you're Bruce Pearl, you have plenty of things to knock them off their high horse. Who cares about this winning streak? You should have lost LSU. I don't think that's true, but he can use that from a coaching standpoint when they're going through film. I think this is a good thing uh, as far as being able to teach this team uh, because, look, it's just going to get tougher. It's just going to get tougher from here. Here's what I think, can't guarantee, but here's what I feel pretty confident about. The next time you see Auburn play and they're up 18, I don't think you're going to see this kind of relaxation. I think Auburn will put a team away up 18 like they've done earlier in the year, put their foot on their throat. That's the lesson learned here. When they get into that territory again or get up 28, yeah. excuse me, when they get up 28, it won't ha that won't happen. This will be something that they draw from. Because let me say this, up to that point, it was about as good. It was a clinic. James Naismith couldn't have written it up any better when he invented basketball with peach baskets, the way Auburn was playing. They were so unselfish. You know, they were sharing the basketball. Aiden Holloway, who was red hot, had a chance for a layup and he spins and dumps it off to Denver Jones. The way they were defending, my goodness, mm -hmm. there, there was nothing. It was a clinic. And, you know, you're, you're looking and going, okay, Auburn's up 28 with 11 minutes to go. This could get to 40. And, again, LSU hit some shots that kind of just got crazy. But I think you make a great point, and I think this is such a teachable moment that 
I guarantee you when Auburn gets up 28 next time in a game, the, whoever they're playing ain't going to cut it to nine. This was something that they will draw from. So at the end of the day, you know, you another great point that you make is a lot of people that vote in these polls just check scores. They look at stats, they check and, scores, and they, they copy really and they it. copy Ken Palm unless it has right. unless it's Auburn. Right. And and net, whatever happens with the net situation mm-hmm. too. So sure. I think that uh all in all, Bruce Pearl right now is tearing into that tail in the locker room about what happened during that from eleven that eight minute stretch. You know, was just it was uh, when you go back and look, and I don't have the numbers. It'd be interesting to see what Auburn was outscored. Well, I mean, obviously they were up twenty eight and then won fifteen, so they were outscored by thirteen. But there was there was a point there where it was like it seemed to be like eighteen to four, or eighteen to two. Can't happen. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it won't happen again. Auburn made five of its last seven field goal attempts. That's interesting. So they technically did close. I know this chat is more angry than I expected them to be after uh, after an SEC win, but they did close. It's just it took them a while to get to that point. Yeah, they were they were they got it to within nine. LSU did, and I think Auburn got it back to seventeen, uh, which is good, and then ended up went in by 15. So there was some separation there in the last three minutes. Auburn kind of got some of that, but again, I, I get it. It's frustrating. There was some laziness. There were some things that were done that, you know, just were head scratchers. Um, but this team is yeah. so unselfish right? and so bought in. Yes. They'll learn from it. Why do you think Lior Berman played four minutes tonight? You know, Lior Berman, is in the game for one reason and one reason only, and that is if, to hit wide open threes. And if he's not doing that, he's not serving a purpose. And that sounds but, terrible. But why? I I got I get that for last year's team and the year before that would just get really cold. Mm-hmm. This year's team, I don't know if they need that. I think it's a case of feeling like there is some value that he can contribute. And when you're up 22, 20, something like that, that's the time to maybe give KD a blow and Denver. A blow. I don't know. But I think at this point, this is the first time all year I'm a proponent for shrinking the bench and maybe going just, and he, you know, Chaney Johnson probably played his way into staying yeah. in the rotation tonight well, with I, his seven on. points. I, I, I want to stay on the or just yeah. for a second. I just want to stay on the or just for a second. He played four minutes. Plus minus is not everything. His plus minus was minus eleven in four minutes. That's that's ungodly. You can't. That's you can't, hard to do, man. You you can't stay in the game. You can't give him minutes if you're if you're in four minutes. You're minus eleven. That's that's very hard to do. Uh, so yeah, that's going to have to go away. Um, unfortunately for him. Unless it's you know the last five minutes of a game, you want to insert him if you're up twenty, but during key moments, crunch time, that can't happen. That cannot happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Baker Mazzara, mm. I mean, I, I think he's the player of the game. I thought he was incredible and in different ways. You talk about the timeliness of when he makes big baskets. I think that certainly was a thing tonight. That three he made in the first half was was solid. Um, he's just, I mean, he's, he's the dude, man. Here's, here's what's so, here's what's so, uh, 
encouraging, promising, a great takeaway from this game. How many did Holloway have? Holloway had 13. Chad Baker-Mazzara had 18? 19. 19, okay. Janiber had 18. Those two guys, Holloway and Chad Baker-Mazzara, were invisible last game against Texas A&M. Sure. How much of a luxury is it for a basketball team to have two dudes that took a night off, basically? Not effort-wise, but last game just didn't get it done. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, I'm going to bounce back and combine for 32 or whatever it was. I mean, yes. That's that right there is a microcosm of this team mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Sure. Sure. Um, I think this is an incredible question. Hunter asked in our live chat, at what point do Trey Donaldson and Chad Baker Mazzara start? And I think that is an outstanding question. My answer is you don't start them. You don't start them because I think the way Auburn is destroying these teams and wearing down these teams and creating these mismatches, especially to close the first half, is because the lack of drop-off or even if there is a drop-off when they go to their bench with Trey Donaldson and Chad Baker Mazzara. And I think that's by design. I think that's by design, Daryl. We've seen we've seen Bruce Pearl be strategic specifically with who starts at point guard and who comes off the bench the year they won the SC championship with Jabari and Walker. When they started Zep Jasper, they said, okay, the scoring is on the floor. It's it's when the scoring comes off and the and the bench players come in, that's when they put Wendell Green in because he felt confident in his ability to score. They needed that pop and explosiveness coming off of the bench. I think it's a similar thing here, but I think it's more about leadership. I think the leadership and overall ability to score is on the floor when Aiden is there. And then when they bring in the twos and they start rotating guys in and out, Trey Donaldson and Chad Baker Mazzara just it, it there there's no there's no opportunity for the opposing defense or the opposing team to catch their breath. It's just this relentless force of effort and aggression and ability to score in different ways. So my answer to that question to Hunter's question, Daryl, is I don't think you do consider starting Trey or CBM. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think what he's doing is intentional. Yes. It's with purpose. And you don't change. You don't. (laughs) I've been around athletics for a long time. Played coach. The one thing you say, and I'm going to use the nice adjective here is you never screw with a winning formula. When it's working, mm-hmm. you don't change it. Here's the thing, though. Holloway and Trey are going to be treated differently than Chad Baker-Mazzara and Chris Moore. Look at the minutes. Yeah. Chad, Chris Moore will start, but Chad Baker-Mazzara is in the game pretty early. Aiden, you ride a little bit longer before you put Trey in. So they're not very – just because both don't start, they're not – they're being used completely differently. Chad Baker Mazzara gets a lot more minutes than Chris Moore. So in, in it, it just because he's not getting his name called with the light show, he's still getting starter minutes. Aiden and Trey is a true split. And right now that formula is working. And if Trey Donaldson is happy with that, and mm-hmm. if Aiden Holloway is happy not being in the game at crunch time, you just ride it. It's working. Several folks asking about Chris Moore now. I don't think Chris Moore is like a liability when he's on the floor. I don't think he's a great offensive player, but I think we've seen several players during this run that Auburn's had in this Bruce Pearl era play like Chris Moore and be effective. He played eight minutes 
Auburn was plus three while he was on the floor in those eight minutes. Like, I don't think Chris Moore limits you in any way, offensively or defensively. So he's I'll getting push eight back on that. Yeah, I'll push yeah, back I mean, on he, that. He got eight minutes. I don't think he should get like I don't think he should get more than 15 minutes a game. Um, but I do think he's on the floor with the starters for that reason because the rest of the the guys around him are able to score. I think his game has uh, regressed, and I think right now he's Maybe. a liability. I think right now he's a liability on the floor. And the quicker you can get him off the floor, the better. I don't think he's he's playing at the level that even eight minutes is productive. I mean, did he even score tonight? No, but he only shot it once. Yeah, and it was a it was a horrible shot. It was an air ball, and then he turned it sure. over a couple. I mean. He's got to give you more, even in that eight minutes. I'm he's not, not saying credited he's got to, with a turnover. You know, he did. He turned it over. I mean, he's not he was credited, credited with a foul, him. an assist, and a block. In eight yeah, minutes. he turned he turned it over. I, I, somehow the official score missed that. But I, I'll just and I'm not trying to harp on the kid, but I'll just say this: even in eight minutes, I'm not asking him to give you eight points. I'm saying maybe give you four, maybe give you a rebound or two, and maybe he's just he's not bringing anything efficiency wise. He's a plus three because who he's on the floor with. Period. Yeah, maybe. That's it. I mean, I think you can say that about a lot of people, though. Well, except Trey Donaldson. I think he he helps make his plus minus. One hundred percent. I think so Trey's great. No question. It, Chris Moore's a glue guy. I've said that two years ago. I, I just want to see him give you a couple baskets, a couple rebounds, and then okay, if he plays eight or ten, it's got to look better than that stat line. That's a liability stat line right now, and it's got to improve. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, uh, is Auburn the best player? Or sorry, is Auburn the best team? in the SEC. We discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best way to buy your tickets. Daryl, you love going to sporting events. You love going yes. to concerts, events. Concert, we all do. All of it. Yep. Yeah, and it's fun. You're supposed to look forward to it. It's not supposed to be stressful. You're not supposed to worry about it. And the thing I focus on is like, man, I hope I'm not like overspending on these tickets. I just don't have the time or the willpower to just look through all these apps and say, okay, what's the best deal? Like, what are these tickets actually worth? Game time? You don't have to worry about that. They have the game time guarantee. It means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less elsewhere, they'll credit you with 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are. Mm. They are giving you the best deal. I love that. Daryl, you've used game time several times. I've used game I time have. several times. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Is Auburn the best team in the SEC with Kentucky losing against Texas A and M? I believe that game went to overtime. I was not able to watch it, but I believe it went into overtime. To me, I think right now you have to say Auburn is the best team. In the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, because you're asking about the question in the moment. Right now, in the present, Auburn is the best team in the SEC. I mean, yep. Kentucky, you know, got beat by Texas A&M, and really the officiating was very questionable down the stretch to allow them to even get into overtime and then during overtime. So, you know, I, I think the only unbeatens left is Auburn and Alabama, I believe, in the SEC. And Alabama hasn't looked as good as Auburn has in conference play and hasn't played the opponent's that Auburn has. So right now, as we're sitting here on January 13th, absolutely Auburn is the best team in the SEC. And I agree with a lot of the national announcers that come in here and say, you find me 15 other teams in the country that are better than Auburn right now? I, I, I don't see it. So I think, 
that combination is is uh, absolutely valid. And yes, they're right. They are the best team right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. The highest rated in Ken Palm. We'll see if the voters care about that. They used to use Ken Palm as an argument against Auburn. And now when Auburn is rated highly in Ken Palm, they choose to ignore it. It's kind of funny how that works out. So um, Lucio is saying Auburn should be three in Ken Palm. I don't know what that's based on. It doesn't look like they've updated, but we'll see. We'll We've see got to give my man some props now. It's, we got to say it. We got to do it right. It's it's remember it's Luceo. Luceo. Yeah, you got to do it with your hand. The hand helps you sound out the syllables in it. Thank you. Right. I'm you're so welcome. uncultured. Thanks. Well, to it's you. not culture. You're. It's just an Italian thing. It's not well, nothing to I do mean, with culture. I, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um. All right. What um. Who else stepped up, in your mind? Dylan Cardwell. Tonight? Dylan Cardwell. That okay. Baker dude was eating Broom's lunch, mm. taking him to the rack, going left-handed, right-handed, Euro step, scoop. Dylan Cardwell comes in the game and blocks his stuff three times on two consecutive possessions down the floor. Once, he did it twice on the same possession. Guy went up, block, and then, you know, the dunk. And then here's the thing. He hit it, he hit three of, three of four from the free throw line. Dylan Card. So, again, the maturation, working on my game, improving – Crucial coming off the bench. Dylan Cardwell is filling that bill, fitting that. And I don't know how many he ended up with points wise, but his defense Five. was stellar. His hustle, you know, his, his blocking, his saves, all that mm -hmm. stuff that he did. Which, I, how many blocks did he have, Zach? Did he have four? What did four. they credit him? Yeah. Four. And a steal. And, and how many rebounds? Six. See, that's a great stat line for a backup center. That's that's just wonderful. And then he gets the crowd into it, and he's an energy guy, and he injects enthusiasm. I, I love mean, him, is, and I think he, he was one of the key players tonight. Yeah, he's been a, just a, an absolutely incredible surprise for this team. Uh, all right, two other stat lines I want to talk about here. Let's start with Jalen Williams, who is continuing just to get it done. Nine points of two. He's only shot it twice, officially. Got fouled a fair amount, but two of two. Um, and both of those were, were three pointers and it's like Jalen, Jalen, shoot it again. <laughs> like if you're starting two yeah. for two, shoot it more. <laughs> and it's, it's also, we talk about when he, that was a dagger at the end of the first half, that four point play. Yeah. Uh, you know, LSU has a chance to maybe cut it to 10, nine, something like that. Feel good about themselves going in at halftime. And then they go mm -hmm. in down 16 because of that. So Big swing, big swing there. So, yeah, but I, I I do want to see him. He should have had 14 or 15 with the limited amount of shots he took. He and should have yeah, shot way, it more. It, it, yeah, with a game like tonight, if he shot it five times, he probably gets there, which is exactly. crazy. I'm so glad the national announcers are saying some of the things that Zach and Daryl have been saying on this podcast all year. Two points. Number one. They talked about there's not a better backup center in the league than Dylan Cardwell and how many teams would love to have him. We've been screaming that from the rooftops. Right. And they said that Auburn has the best 4-5 combination in the conference, and we've been saying that with Jalen emerging to go alongside Broom. Mm -hmm. So either they're watching this show, which wouldn't surprise me with you getting over 15,000 subscribers, yes, or uh, we're all thinking the same. So right. there you go. Um. Before I get to this other person's stat line, free throws, 
27 of 31. Mm, I love that. Take that all day. Take that all day. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's the difference between Auburn just kind of edging these games out versus winning comfortably because in, in past, you know, if they shoot 70% then all of a sudden it's like actually close with a few possessions mm-hmm. left, which would have been worse. So props to them for doing that. That's kind of the thing where we don't talk about it when they're doing that well. And then it's all we talk about when they're doing it poorly. So good for them on that. That's a great point. It's almost like, um, officiating linemen or an offensive lineman. You don't hear about them. They're doing the best. And I think yeah. Auburn, when you're not talking about their free throws is because they're getting it done. Mm-hmm. And the turnovers. Look, I looked up at one point tonight and LSU had like 11 turnovers and Auburn had two. I think that evened out some of the second half. What but at one point out? during the game, Auburn was like a plus nine in turnovers. And you, you're not beating well, Auburn. LSU had 17 turnovers. Auburn had eight. Wow. So even though it looked like Auburn was turning it over a lot more in the second half, I think they also caused LSU to turn it over too. So it kind of kept it, kept it that plus nine. That's, that's pretty good. So they, they did a lot better job of, of stringing that out. Um, you're not going to beat Auburn when you're negative nine on the turnover ledger. You're just not, you're not, I mean, that's correct. Yeah. The only just, thing they really beat us on we're rebounding and second chance points, which that's now two games in a row, but Texas A&M is very good at that. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's a concern yet, but I do think we should watch for that moving forward. Offensive boards and conference play. I think that's something we need to kind of, eh, I'm not panicking or saying it's an issue, but I do think we should look at that moving forward. So just a thought, just a thought. I agree. Right. That, that could hurt you later. Yeah. 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 And that's a big thing in tournament play for sure. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about is Chaney Johnson. Three for four, seven points in 15 minutes. Chaney Johnson, if you do that every game, uh, I mean, that's that's all we need. That is all we need from Chaney Johnson. And we hadn't really gotten that consistently. So I thought that was great. That was the best he's looked in SEC play. Hit a big three and then had a monstrous dunk. That's one of those things that, again, it just, you know, it, it, it blows the roof off the place. The environment changes. The energy level changes. A great dunk. He hit a three and then he had a, what should have been a three-point play uh, late in the second half. They didn't call the foul with him driving to the basket. So, sure. uh, yeah, you take seven points in 15 minutes, and he's playing the four. So he's yeah. giving Jalen Williams a little bit of a blow. So now the four position tonight, which underachieved a little bit because Jalen didn't shoot it enough, still is decent, respectable. You got 16 points out of the four spot tonight uh, to go along with 24 points out of the five spot that's that front court man it's just you know it's hard to to beat auburn when they're when the front court's playing that well and then you start getting guard play like you got from holloway and and chad baker mazar which i guess the three is technically considered a small forward but you could break it down any way you want yeah it just kind of depends on how um what you're running now he he's long yeah. and lanky I, I he to me is more of a forward than he is a guard but mm-hmm. you know whatever Right. Uh, All right. Drop your player of the game in the live chat. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what you guys say. I I think it's Chad Baker Mazzara, but you certainly can make the argument for Janai Broom. Um, I think you could honestly make it for Trey Donaldson. You really could make it for Dylan Cardwell if you wanted to, too. I mean, that seems to be a theme with this team is every game you can make the case for a couple of different folks. Um, Brent saying, uh, Brent saying Chris Moore. 
So that's a take too. Um, show your work in the chat, please, Brent. I'm just just curious. Let's just see what you can do. Let's just see what Hilarious. you can do. Yeah, Daryl, drive to your house. Um, because you're. I mean, he's devastated that his Browns lost. So be careful. I'm excited be careful on that. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. turned into the pumpkin that they are. The yeah. A lot of people saying Chad Baker, Mazzara, um, Trey Donaldson, Dylan. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a, you can make the argument for a lot of different guys. So I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Interested to see Alabama and Mississippi State play. That tips off like right now. So excited to see what that looks like. Um, let's do our favorite thing that we do towards the end of every show. Is let's predict Auburn's next five games. I think. All right. Well, okay. So they beat LSU. So they go to Vandy on Wednesday. Another midweek eight o'clock tip, Daryl. Yes. Coffee That's our time. Favorite thing. Coffee yeah. time. Yeah. Coffee.com. Use promo code yeah. Auburn for that one. Um, Ole Miss at home a week from now. They go to Alabama the following Wednesday. They go to Mississippi State. Kind of a tricky two-game uh, road road uh, road trip there. And then we host Vanderbilt again. So I think Auburn goes 2-0 and against Vandy. I think they beat Ole Miss at home, 3-0. I think they beat Mississippi State in Starkville. I'm not sold on Mississippi State. I know everybody loves to talk about their defense, but I just, I don't know. I think I think Auburn loses in Alabama. Um, so I got four and one of the next five. Yeah, I think uh, I got four and one as well. And now this game tonight between Alabama and Mississippi State will dictate which game I think they'll lose, uh, which is such a cop-out. But if Mississippi State beats Alabama – you know, at the hump, then I, I think that Auburn could drop that game. They've they've been they beat Tennessee, who was number five in the country in Starkville. So it's not like Auburn can go in there and not get beat. They can, but I don't think Auburn gets beat by both Alabama and Mississippi State on the road back to back. I think Auburn splits. So I uh, as well am going to say four and one uh, over the next five. Um. Yeah. I mean, I th I think it's four and one. I think it's four and one. I, Vandy doesn't scare me. Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss is good unless they play good teams. I think Auburn's a good team. They're going to be tight coming into – they're going to be tight next Saturday coming into Neville. Flanning is going to be tight. That team's going to be tight. You know, the energy off of him that he's going to give off and that place, Auburn, the, the arena is going to be jumping, jumping Saturday. So it's going to be one of those games that I think Auburn's going to play really, really well. It's going to be high intensity, high energy in that building, and I think Auburn's going to win. Uh, going away, really. Thoughts on Bo Nix attending the game tonight? Hmm. I mean, what else? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm I'm glad the uh, I'm the reception that he got sounded like it was very good, and people cheered and were very very uh, appreciative of him, and he got a nice ovation. So, uh, I don't know. I this whole transfer portal things got me just so confused about who claims a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like you and I growing up with what plaque people were going to go into the Hall of Fame where they played for multiple teams. Who claims Bo Nix? Does Oregon claim him because he had two phenomenal years, a Heisman candidate, or does Auburn where he played three years? I don't know. I don't yeah. know who gets to claim the kid. I don't know if he's an Auburn man or an Oregon man. I don't know. You you know, it's just it's confusing. Yeah. Um, all right. I think this is a good comment to to wrap it up on. And guys, please subscribe, please like the video. Randall says, I hate Brian Harson. 
So we'll leave it at that. There you go, Randall. There you we go. We'll leave it at that. Well said, Randall. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with old Har's moving forward. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Follow me on X, DAP 6410. Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoon on various shows in the Auburn Network. I'll be back with you Wednesday after the Vanderbilt game. Plains coffee time. We'll be drinking it up. And yes. then Fridays, regular Friday mornings, a lot to talk about. I suspect going to happen this week with Auburn coaches, transfers, that kind of thing. Yep, plainscoffee.com. That is me and my wife's coffee company. Be sure to check that out. Use promo code Auburn. Get some, uh, get 10% off there. So please subscribe, like the video once again. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Thank you so much for 15,000 subscribers on YouTube. Absolutely insane. We will see you Monday morning right here on Locked On Auburn.